You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, July 19th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently just launched Just Baseball. Just wrote about Kevin Gosman recently. You guys can check that out if you'd like, among other things. Or maybe if pop culture entertainment, if that by any chance is something more down your lane and you're curious, you can also find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Play Disgusting, Film Cred, and many more. And hopefully many, many more more to come but most importantly i mean this is the most important message guys i mean obviously and and what is that what is that important thing you can check out and follow the twitter page for the show which is at lo underscore padres or my personal account which is at javapeno and that's spelled j-a-v-i-i-p-e-n-o if you feel so inclined hit me up on there with any questions comments or concerns you might have i'd love to get back to you love interacting with you guys and might even answer them here on the show might be bringing back my my, my limited time offer of sending me five-star reviews to get uh, your questions guaranteed answer on the podcast. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. We're going to wait until after my birthday before I bring that back. That's what I think we'll do. That's what I think we'll do. Or maybe we could do a birthday mailbag. Hmm. That's a thought. July 30th. That's a thought. That's a thought. But anyway, guys, uh, for today's episode, really quickly, though, it is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects, which covers every future star of the MLB. Host Arm Layton brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode, guys, we are recapping a pretty wild like in a lot of ways, which we'll get into, uh, a pretty newsworthy uh, series uh, between the Padres and the Nationals this weekend for a lot of different reasons, which we'll get into for sure. Uh, it was nuts. The Padres end up winning two out of three, and I figured I might as well just share my thoughts on their first series coming out of the All Star break, which they were able to win, which is a good sign because I don't think the Nationals are a a good team, but they are certainly not the runt of the litter. This is not a Baltimore Orioles. This is not a Arizona Diamondbacks. They've they've got some players, especially that Juan Soto fellow, who we will be getting into for sure on today's episode, guys. So let's start with Friday's game, which was. A football game is basically what happened, ladies and gentlemen. The Padres won by a score of 24 to 8. That's right, 24 to 8. Where do I start? Let's start with the boring stuff, which is the pitching matchup. It was Chris Paddock versus Eric Feed. Eric Feed, uh, he only goes one and a third and gives up six runs. Uh, he's out pretty quickly. And then Andres Machado comes in. He Nobody does anything, clearly, as evidenced by the score. Uh, what's it? Wander Suero? I don't know how to say his name exactly. He gets killed for six runs. Look, it was it was just lovely to lo- lovely to witness. I absolutely loved it. I was with a couple friends of mine. We were actually opening some baseball cards, and my one friend he pulled a Vlad Jr. like signature card, which is worth like five hundred dollars, like the one that he got, uh, which is pretty nuts. 
So, uh, yeah, I guess you could say Friday night was pretty awesome for a lot of us for a lot of reasons. We even ordered some Domino's, which was really yummy. Shout out to their Domino's sides. Really good stuff. But anyway, uh, that's besides the point, guys. Now let's get into the fun stuff. Or oh, wait, actually, hold on. Chris Paddock in this game, he goes five innings, allowing four runs. Not looking too good. His ERA is at 5.49. His decline, I, I shouldn't even say decline, but his descent back into what we thought he was, which is a guy who just gets killed off that fastball with an occasional good changeup. And I, I, it, it's, it stinks because actually some of his, his numbers this year is that he started throwing that curveball more. You know, he saw it a little bit more, which is nice. He added a little bit more of a third pitch. Changeup is still really good, but he's just completely fallen off basically for the last month and a half or so. Uh, you just never know what you're going to get from him. There was a period in which I think it was after the Mets start. Or no, 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 it was after the Cincinnati Red start when he goes five innings, only giving up two runs and striking out 11. That's when we were all like, oh, man, like, what if this guy is going to be like a pretty solid back of the rotation guy? And then he just gets absolutely turned up by the Diamondbacks. And then he's OK against the, 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 the Phillies. But then he's bad against Washington. Real, real bad. Giving up eight and then can only go two innings against Colorado and then four. Against, like, it's just not he's not, you know. It's, that's that's basically lesson learned is bottom line he wasn't great and it stinks because he gave up the lead we got it back and then he gave it back again it was kind of a tug and pull but it didn't matter guys because as I mentioned 24 to 8 highlights in this game first of all Grisham going two for five with two walks I love to see my guy get in those walks you know what I'm saying you would think 24 runs oh what did Tatis do well Tatis certainly had a good game he walked twice going one for three in the game with two RBIs he also had a stolen base which was nice Manny Machado manages to get on the action a little bit too. He goes one for three with a with a, a ribby and a walk because walks are cool. Eric Hosmer, that's right. Even Eric Hosmer had a pretty good game going three for four with, let's see here, three RBIs, including, let's see, a walk and a stolen base for Hosmer. I missed the stolen base. Oh, it was early on in the game. That's right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about this. Early on in the game, there was a fun play with Tommy Pham at third base where uh, Eric Hosmer steals second, I believe. I believe it was this game. It could have been this game or maybe it was the, the game. No, I think that was Saturday's game, actually. I think that was Saturday's game, actually. I'm, I'm blinking out right now. I think that was Saturday's game. But basically, if it was Saturday's game or today's game, uh, there was a point when it's first and third and Eric Hosmer attempts to steal second base, but then doesn't really. And then Fam ends up stealing home, basically, is what happened. So that was a just great timing on the base pass with the Padres. They've been awesome. They're outpacing the league in steals by, like, I don't know, 30 at this point. It's just absolutely nuts from the Padres. Um, but uh, Hosmer, like I said, goes three for four in the game with three ribbies. Tommy Pham has a really great game, too. He goes four for six in the game. Five runs scored, uh, two RBIs, including a double and a home run for him. That power, man. Tommy Pham, he's elite. The man is elite. 268 average right now with a 381 on base for the season. He's basically been on fire Essentially, ever since that just absolutely acrid, tumultuous, awful first month, he's been awesome, and the slugging has seemingly returned. Uh, I know he only has 10 home runs, which isn't like a ton, but still, it's more than enough power from Tommy Pham. But the biggest guys in this game, I've been saving them for last. Will Myers and Jake Cronenworth for two reasons. Will Myers breaks his all-time single-game record for RBIs. He goes three for six in the game with seven ribbies, two home runs. On the night with a grand salami part of it. Will the Thrill Myers. Uh, man, what a beast this guy has been lately. What a beast. I even mentioned before that Eric Hosmer has actually been awesome over his last nine games. 
So hopefully he's at least returning to being replacement level. You know what I mean? At least an average, average, like below average-ish player. Because basically for the last like month or so and everything before that, he's been one of the worst pitchers or players, I'm sorry, in all of baseball. He literally has a negative war on the season. So hopefully at least Hosmer is not going to be that bad. Uh, maybe this is a good sign of it. But Will Myers, great to see the grand slam from him and the two-run jack. Uh, absolutely loved it. Or the three-run jack, I should say. It was just... A lot of fun from um, Will Myers, but the story of the night goes to Mr. Jake Cronenworth, who goes four for five with a single, with a double, with a triple, and a home run. He ends up hitting for the cycle, guys, on this lovely, lovely Friday night game, Uh, and the last hit actually was the infield single that we didn't know was going to happen exactly. I actually thought, because like I said, I was at a friend's house, and the, the game had gotten so out of control that we decided to put on the Mets game on the main TV, and then on my laptop is where I put the Padres game, so I like didn't know that it was the double that he was missing. I missed it. I missed the double. What can I say, guys? Sometimes sometimes things uh, sneak past me, you know? I'm like the Eye of Sauron. Every now and then, things slip past me, and they can sneak up right into my volcano and just drop in my life source and destroy me. You know what I mean? Every now and then. That's a real stretch of an analogy. But, uh, yeah, Jake Cronenworth hitting for the cycle. I made this joke on Twitter, but it's true. Ever since Gavin Lux was announced as a finalist for second base instead of Cronenworth, was fine with Albies. I was fine with Adam Frazier, even though I think that Cronenworth has been right there with those guys. But Gavin Lux being in there for the finalists, screw the Dodgers fans. And basically ever since then, remember, he had that one streak where he went five uh, five home runs in six games. And then he has the cycle. He's been just absolutely awesome. Been one of the best players and most consistent players on the team, especially because he's basically been there all season. The versatility up to the position, just unbelievable and well-deserved for Jake Cronenworth. I absolutely adored it. 24-8, to what a great way to start the Padres' uh, second half of the season. But that certainly was not all that transpired over the weekend, guys. Believe me. And before we get into that, let me just talk to you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, it's back in full old swing, baby. And you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for not just baseball, though. You can also check out stuff for the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC mixed martial arts sort of action before the next pitch. Before you Darvish's pitch tonight, you know, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON, guys. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, and we're back keeping it rolling, keeping it doling out all the cool info from this weekend and reacting and whatnot. Let's talk about Saturday's game now, which had a lot of storylines, which I'll get into in a second. But the Padres win technically. Technically, they win this game 10-4, to but in terms of Saturday, it was the final score was 8-4 to because the game was temporarily suspended uh, after we had a shooting incident uh, at Nationals Park. It was very scary, and... Um, we, I don't know all the details. I imagine there's still investigations going on. I don't even know if they, they caught the perpetrator and all that, but uh, it was scary. I literally had two friends of mine that were at the game. One of them was on the third base side where it reportedly was taking place. Three shot, three or four shot. I, I saw actually multiple uh, reports there. Um, but I just shout out to all the first responders, all the medical you know, medics and all that stuff that were able to hopefully uh, contain what would have been 
or I should say what could have been a potentially disastrous tragedy that took place. And also shout out to the players on both sides. Also, I saw um, Mike Rizzo, or I'm sorry, uh, Dave Martinez, the manager of the team, uh, along with Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado, Will Myers, um, ma- making sure to lift the the gates and allow fans to get into the dugout, which was the safest place. Um, it's, it, was, it was heroic stuff, and yes, I never want to hear about Manny Machado's character and the critiques of his character ever again. Uh, just heroic stuff and what could have been an absolute tragedy and um you know i didn't see all the details but hope thank 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 god you know thank god that it wasn't um you know a hundred times worse because you know lord knows with with weapons uh it, it can absolutely end up that way uh I, the the video is genuinely amazing seeing tatis you can literally see him and some other padres players running out of the dugout opening up the 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 thing and letting everybody in and it, it's just it's it's heartwarming to see people act selflessly in uh moments like that but it was very scary i have never seen anything like that it was weird watching it on tv um, and like I said, it was weird for me too, because of one of my closest friends was with me, if I'm friend Drew, who I've mentioned on the show a bunch of times, uh, and how he's, you know, the guy who kind of introduced me somewhat into the Padres. So, uh, yeah, so that's why the game was suspended, but let's talk about some of the baseball things now, uh, to kind of get, get up that a little bit of a somber note in terms of what transpired on Saturday, it was eight to four before they got into the sixth inning and the game was suspended. And let's talk about the pitching real quick. It was Blake Snell versus Patrick Corbin. Patrick Corbin gets absolutely torched in this game going five and a third, uh, giving up six earned runs on 10 hits. Uh, Patrick Corbin, another, he's having, he's been having his Blake Snell, uh, downfall, right? Patrick Corbin was very good for a couple years and and then just completely, I, I don't know, he just imploded. The guy just imploded in 2020. And then in 2021, he hasn't been any better. Uh, and years before that, he was a pretty solid pitcher. He had two great years uh, with the, or actually one great year with the Diamondbacks. And then had a good year with Washington. But very inconsistent pitcher. And the Padres are able to capitalize off that, right? And with Blake Snell, it stinks because the worst moment of the game actually comes when Blake Snell allows... A single from Trey Turner, which, all right, I get it. And then a walk to Juan Soto, who killed us in the series. I didn't even mention the 24-8 W for the Padres. That Juan Soto actually hit two home runs in that game. He's been absolutely killing it. Um, And then Ryan Zimmerman, after a long at-bat, just crushes a fastball uh, to deep center. It was... Guys, I don't know what to say anymore. Everyone always keeps asking me about Blake Snell. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why his home road splits are as bad as they are. And... Look, I'm not like an all-timer baseball historian. You'd have to ask uh, Sol, uh, uh, Sully Baseball over at Locked On MLB if uh, this has happened recently. But like Blake Snell having a 1.43 ERA at home versus a 9.08 away, I just don't know what to take away from that. Like, there's a difference between him having a one at home and then a five away, right? That evens out a little bit, right? That evens out, and it's like, okay, he's still a good pitcher. A 2.0 ERA, a 3.0 ERA, and then a 5 away. But, like, why is there such a large discrepancy? It genuinely doesn't make sense. Guys do not chase after any of his pitches. In fairness, unlike some other starts where I'm like, why the hell am I watching, you know... Hector Neris be able to throw garbage and people will swing at it from the guy from Philadelphia. But then if Blake Snell snows one, it's almost like they just know, right? Like they just know they can tee off on his fastball and it is frustrating. In this game, he was throwing stuff in the dirt. Like none of his off-speed stuff, he seemed to even be working. It felt like they didn't even need to know. Like they didn't even need to sit on the fastball stuff. They were just ready all the way. So 
like I said, there's a real big problem uh, with with the Padres starting pitching right now. They are looking a lot more mortal. Don't get me wrong. You Darvish and Joe Musgrove have been mostly very good for uh, this year, but I'd be lying to you if I said I felt absolutely thrilled with those guys being the top two, especially with the rest of the rotation kind of falling off. They've had a a, a pretty noticeable decline uh, for about a month now, or maybe, maybe like three weeks now. Maybe two and a half weeks, something like that. Uh, they've had a pretty noticeable uh, decline. But thankfully, like I said in this game, uh, they do end up being able to score a lot of runs. Tatis hits a big single. Jake Cronenworth hits a big single. Manny Machado hits a big single. Top of the sixth inning is when things get uh, kind of crazy uh, and what have you. And that's when, of course, the game gets eventually postponed after that inning. And then the Padres add a couple more runs thanks to a Tommy Pham single. Tommy Pham is able to then advance to second on a throwing error from Soto, which is the only, dare I say, weakness of Juan Soto's game is that he's not necessarily the best defensive player in the world. But uh, really still really great game. I love to, uh, you just love to see it. There's also a big, I forgot to mention, Hassan Kim uh, comes up top of the third inning with a huge double that allows uh, both Manny Machado and Will Myers to score. And also, he has this weird new hairdo, Mr. Hassan Kim. Shouts to my guy. With the very, very, very weird, uh, like, kind of dyed his hair. And, look, I hope it works for him. Hassan Kim, the more he's been hitting, the better he's looked. I know the numbers aren't fully there and supporting of it, but he has looked a lot better. So I'm very excited about where he's going. Uh, his glove is great, but I like that his bat is getting a little bit better and just shows you that this team still has uh, quite a lot of depth, a noticeable amount of depth, uh, whenever they need to, uh, you know, deploy it. But, of course... That wasn't the last game, guys. You know, there's there's so much good to love here, ten to four, but that wasn't it. That wasn't it. No, 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 that was not it, ladies and gentlemen. But before we get into the final game of the series, I want to talk to you about the best protein bars in the world. Those are, of course, the Built Bars, guys. What I love about them: so many flavors, so 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 many flavors. They've got orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry barcia, coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, <gasps> strawberry, everything. And they've got all these limited edition flavors, too, on top of all that. You never know what they're going to have at all times. you got to stay alert. They've got all these great flavors. Soft and easy to chew. Covered in Whoop. Got a little tongue-tied there. Soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate. But, of course, guys, there are protein bars. I can barely speak. Uh, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you, which is really cool. Check out the macros on these things. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors. All t- tasty. All healthy. God, I'm talking too fast. Slow down, Javi. Slow down, slow down. This is important stuff we're getting into. Uh, but guys, what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember guys, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are riding into the last game of the week, which was another pretty nuts game. Uh, thankfully, we didn't have any more, you know, kind of emergency situations, because in a lot of ways, I'm going to say it, guys, what happened on Saturday makes, uh, in my opinion, everything almost not even matter. doesn't matter. does not matter what the results were, uh, because what matters more is that people uh, are safe. That's what really matters. But... We do have a game to cover, so let's talk about that. The Padres eventually dropped this game, uh, a really contentious game. There's so much to talk about, so let's get into it right away. Joe Musgrove in this game, again, a little bit of a 
not even a little bit, an underwhelming start. He goes five innings, giving up four earned runs on eight hits, walking two, striking out three, raising his ERA officially over three. First time it's been over three for the entire season. It's been progressively getting worse. And what I saw was a team that was hitting a whole lot of singles off of him. They weren't necessarily crushing his pitches, but they were teeing off on him. They just seemed like they were getting used to it. The cutter wasn't working the same way. Slider wasn't really working all that much. He doesn't throw the fastball particularly all that much, but it just seemed to not be working. And I don't know if that's just because the Nationals have a little bit of an underrated offense, in my opinion. But if you look at his last bunch of starts, you know, he has the good start against the Dodgers, right? And that was on June 23rd when he goes six innings, giving up only one earned run against the Dodgers, which was impressive. And then he follows that up with a little bit of a stinker against Cincinnati. But you can chalk that up to a good offense. And then against Washington, he gets beat up for five runs. Then against Colorado, he's okay, but only goes four and a third uh, in terms of total innings, striking out six. And then he has this game. So Musgrove, here's my take. I said this after the no-hitter. I warned all y'all about this, all right? If Joe Musgrove finishes with a 3.4 ERA for the season, 3.13, but is still effective and can give you those good starts every now and then, Joe Musgrove's a good pitcher. We don't, I'm not, you, you just because he's not looking like a top 10 pitcher right now, being a top 25 pitcher for this team, that's still big, especially if they are able to bolster the rotation. So I don't want to hear people complaining that he's he stinks now and all that. It's not that he stinks. It's just that he's regressing a little bit. He's regressing to what we should probably expect more, which is a guy that will have starts like this. But he hasn't been Blake Snell bad, so let's relax. You know what I'm saying? Let's relax. It was a little bit of a rough start, but I'm still confident in the guy. I still think that he's got that, that big game attitude to him. And to a degree, I think people... Remember, Major League Baseball players are smart guys. They started realizing the uptick in the curveball usage. They've started to realize the uptick in the cutter and all that, right? So maybe that's part of it. Maybe that's part of the fact that, you know, uh, Joe Musgrove was due for some level of regression. This is a guy who had a 2.08 ERA at one point. Did we really think that was going to keep up? If you did, it's probably because you're homer, and don't get me wrong, I support all homerism, uh, but that's just that's just kind of the case here. Don't worry about Joe Musgrove, still a very, very fine pitcher, in my opinion, and the trade was clearly a W, and also, he threw the no-hitter, guys. Give him a little bit of slack. Um, but you would think, actually, because of that, you would think, oh man, Max Scherzer was on the other end. He was pitching for the Nationals, so I imagine that that was, we just got killed there. Well, no, not actually. There was a lot of big hits off of Max Scherzer in this game, who every now and then can be susceptible to some home runs. Uh, he goes seven innings, allowing four runs on four hits, like I said, all big hits. Jerks and Profar hit a bomb. I mean, a bomb in this game. He did walk three and he struck out eight. Still Mad Max is still Mad Max. He's been excellent this year. But uh, still very fun to see uh, the Padres like kind of tee off on him a little bit with the two big hits coming from Jerkson Profar, which was a solo shot, and Eric Hosmer, which allowed three guys to score, including Hosmer, of course, and Manny Machado and Tommy Pham. So just shouts to Hosmer, who at least looks like he's not going to be the worst player ever, but he's at least, I think he's just on a hot streak. I'm still not confident. Although granted, a lot of line drives over these last nine games. It's not just ground balls that have lucked out like the beginning of the season where he just had the the greatest BABIP luck in the world. I think his BABIP was about 562. Um, But now, a little bit of line drives. Is he showing some improvements at the plate that are enough for us to say maybe we're getting a little bit of what we saw last year? In my opinion, no. But at least for right now, it's resulting in some offensive production. So I do appreciate that. But even still, I am not pleased with Eric Hosmer this season. And the other big things that happen in this game, you get a home run from Manny Machado, uh, absolutely crushes it, which gives us the lead. 
And then this is where things get bad, right? So this is where things get bad uh, in this game. Alcides Escobar, who had not had a home run. I don't even know how he's still playing. That guy was a speedster only and was only notable for being on that championship Royals team for being a speed guy. And basically, that was it. That was all he was capable of. He hits a home run. Uh, off of Emilio Pagan, who is very, very much susceptible to a long ball, as we all know. Now, I don't want to hate on Jace Tingler. I don't like doing the blaming the manager thing, but in my opinion, I do wonder why he deployed Tim Hill in the... Now, they did. They continued the game from Saturday. Uh, it was 8-4, and then they continued it on Sunday. And I'm a little bit confused. You know, it's 8-4. Actually, I think it was 10-4 at this point. Uh, why he used Tim Hill, which is one of uh, the better relievers in the bullpen, and to a degree, Austin Adams, to be honest with you. But bottom line is, I, I just didn't totally get that. I didn't think it made any sense. I thought that you should have saved him because... I really would have liked having Tim Hill in that Juan Soto matchup. However, let's be honest, Juan Soto's really, really good. Let's not act like this is Josh Hader that we would have had coming out of the bullpen. I like Tim Hill, but let's not act like that little thing would have changed it. I do disagree with the decision, and I would have loved to have him in there instead. You could argue that maybe he doesn't give up the Alcides Escobar home run, which was just inexcusable. That's the first home run for the guy this season. That's just crazy. Like, come on, Pagan. That's 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 just terrible. Um, but I'm willing to say two things. One, Juan Soto is extremely, extremely, extremely good at baseball. If you're losing because of him, come on. You got to give some credit, credit, guys, to good players, all right? And then second... In my opinion, and I actually haven't brought this up a lot this year because I haven't mentioned a lot. I'm not one of those robo-ump. It's not that I disagree with it, that sentiment, but I'm just not going to be cheering on for it. Again, we can get into this as a whole other topic entirely, but I just don't like advocating for uh, automation for any type of job. I don't like the idea of us humans being proud and excited to replace human beings with technology. It's just, it worries me. It worries me. But uh, this was not a good showing for the umpires on both sides for sure, but especially against the Padres, in my opinion. I know this is locked on Padres, but it was tough. There were about like five strike calls against Juan Soto in that at bat, especially one that was on the inside that they end up calling against us later on in a Jerickson Profar at bat and in a Trent Grisham at bat uh, at the end of the game. And it was unfortunate. It was very unfortunate. But uh, look, Juan Soto is very good, and Emilio Pagan is susceptible to long ball. Do I wish we had Tim Hill? Absolutely, but I'm not going to freak out about Juan Soto beating us up. Um, it was a little bit frustrating, though, that the Padres end up tying it. I love seeing everybody panicking, and then we get a lot of crazy stuff. You know, Hassan Kim strikes out, but then um, some really bad baseball from the Washington Nationals, not just allowing Jorge Mateo, who pinch runs for Victor Caratini, who I swear... Uh, I just trust that guy to come up with something when we really need him to in games that feel like they matter a lot, uh, which I know is weird to say in baseball in game 68 or whatever we're on of the season, but still, that's what it felt like. Uh, and then um, Jorge Mateo is able to steal second, which is one thing, but then he steals third, which almost to some d defensive indifference, like the Nationals weren't paying attention. And then Grisham hits a bloop single that ends up tying the game. And I think that if that if Jorge Mateo is still at second base, I don't think he scores there. So uh, really weird on the Nationals' part, uh, Grisham ends up stealing second, 
And then Tatis gets intentionally walked, which was smart on their part. Jake Cronenworth gets walked too. Manny Machado unfortunately strikes out looking. I was a little bit surprised. It was a good pitch, but Bradhand was throwing only sliders that hole at bat. I was surprised that Manny wasn't anticipating that one. I do think it was just a really good pitch that he threw, but at the same time, he'd been throwing it all at bat. I'm surprised Manny wasn't able to turn on that one, which is unfortunate, and then results in later on uh, Mark Melanson unable. He blows the game. Uh, Alcides Escobar, the bane of our existence for today's game. He singles to deep center. Victor Robles scores. Or I'm sorry, Tres Barrera scores. And my take on this is Mark Melanson's still very good. He was an all-star. He's saved a lot of games for us. I would like a little bit more of an enforcement at the in the bullpen. I, I, I would like if you can get one of those guys, and there's plenty of them. There's plenty of bullpen guys out there. I actually think conspiracy theory that the Indians, we don't know it yet, but James Karinczak, Emmanuel Clase, keep an eye on the Indians because that team, their strategy is essentially we made the World Series, so every single year, let's get worse. Let's trade away our players and not actually try to attempt to be good anymore because Jerry Reinsdorf is a is a punk. So uh, that's a whole other thing. So keep an eye on that, but there's some good uh, relievers in Baltimore. Richard Rodriguez of the Pirates I like too. Uh, so I don't know if Melanson is necessarily the guy, but it's not like it's the end of the world if he's your closer. He's still been quite effective even if he makes you super nervous. Um, and also I do want to mention this. I do want to mention this. Trent Grisham is a gold glove winner. He is. He's a good defensive player. But I think we need to, I do think that when you watch him play, and he had these moments against the Dodgers last year, the ball goes off the top of his glove. I don't think he tracks it particularly well. He's really fast. He's great at getting a jump onto the ball. But sometimes with the catching, all I'm saying, guys, is he did win the gold glove in a 60-game season. I think he's a good defensive player, but is he a great one? Not always convinced of that. Very good, occasionally great. But sometimes my take is what we saw today was the great type of outfielders, I think they make that catch. Maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on the guy, but that's just my opinion. You guys know. I like to give my opinions. But otherwise, an unfortunate last game drop. But bottom line, took three out of two out of three against the Nationals. And again, Juan Soto is very good. It's okay. It's okay. Albeit a bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, that's basically the recap of the weekend. A big old granddaddy recap of the weekend. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully I'm not talking too fast because I know I tend to talk really fast, especially when I'm trying to get the episode done and uploaded so I can go to bed and then do all the rest of my jobs that I have to do. Uh, but hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Now, before we kind of finish things up and talk about the future of the pod, guys, I need to talk to you about locked on bets. Betting on the Padres doesn't have to be a guessing game. Get betting on the, the Yankees who just won their series against the Red Sox, whoever. It doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. These guys are right on the money, let me tell you. Uh, Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast, guys. In terms of the future of this year, Locked On Padres podcast, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be recapping this first game against Atlanta. Fun Atlanta series coming up. It could have been more fun. I should say it's fun for the Padres because Atlanta is not looking like a good team right now. They've had an ultimate bad year, so it's a little bit more fun. But I I have to admit, it would have been a lot more fun if Atlanta was firing at full cylinders. These were National League World Series contenders heading into the year. And unfortunately, Atlanta is just falling off. Ronald Acuna Jr. with the torn ACL. Just absolutely awful stuff. They're basically, they're Tatis. uh, Really tough stuff. But uh, I'm going to be talking with Dylan Short of Locked On Braves uh, on tomorrow's podcast probably. As I recap game... 
uh, game one of the series, we'll also be uh, playing for you our little crossover. And I haven't talked to Dylan. Uh, I've talked to Dylan before, but I haven't talked to him for the podcast purposes. So you know me. I'm always excited when I talk with a, a fellow Lockdown host for the first time and we get to do an episode crossover today. So that's really fun. That should be exciting. And also this week, probably going to do my best to lock down uh, – no pun intended, R.M. Layton of Locked On Marlins for the Marlins series that we've got starting Thursday and continuing throughout the weekend. That should be a lot of fun. And uh, who knows, might even be able to do that one in person. Yeah, yeah. How do you like that tease, guys? Uh, But with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast if you wouldn't mind, guys. i greatly, greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.